Okay, so we're waiting on Rick Pitino, uh, former uh, coach Louisville, obviously Kentucky, Boston Celtics coach for, uh, for was it one season? No, a number of seasons. Got a number of seasons. Number of seasons. He's not walking through that door. That famous, no. Yeah, that famous quote there. Larry Bird's not walking through that door. Um, caught up in the uh, recruiting scandal and uh, has a book out. It's called Patino, My Story. And uh, basically, he kind of maintains he did not know. And, you know, are you surprised? I mean, are, is, are, were you surprised by this? You follow it. You follow it, Laura Ke- Kelly. That the fact that they, you know they they bend the rules because there's so much pressure and money in college sports. Yeah, but this one this is a little different with the um, potential payments in uh, escorts and strippers that were involved. Yeah, right. Yeah, apparently right. to mm-hmm. have sex with uh, players that were being recruited. I guess I t- nothing surprises me. There's so much money. Yeah. Booster clubs get involved, dude. Blue chips. I saw blue chips. Yeah. It's all crooked. Check. It's all crooked. I knew that worked out. Uh, yeah, so Rick Pitino is uh, going to be... He's been on with us. Uh, he's been on with us before, actually. The only coach to take three different schools to the Final Four and win the NCAA championship at two of them. Providence, Kentucky, Louisville. The latter two where he won championships. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know. He spent the last two days with Syracuse basketball. The last couple of days? To, to, like, or the last couple of days? You mean now? or Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You got to start with Syracuse, I thought. Uh, with assistant coach to Jim Beheim. <clears throat> Yep. He says, the Orange should be improved offensively and will be a top 25 team and should make the tournament without any worries. When you go through uh, something like that, obviously what he went through, and so he's not coaching, and, and but to sit back once the season starts, I think is when it's got to get really hard, right? I would think so. Going through what he went through, obviously really hard for anybody, and people have a hard time thinking. He, he's We're waiting for uh, Rick Pitino right now. Uh, people have a hard time thinking that the head guy didn't know, you know? Um but it's possible, man, because sometimes you insulate that person. That's that's how things get done. Hey, Rick. Good morning. Good morning. I, I should call you. Co- I mean, I call you coach. I guess I should call you coach. That's what you're going to be called Rick, forever. Rick is fine. <laughs> okay. All right, Rick. Good morning. Welcome uh, back to New England. Here we got Greg. We've got Kelly, Laura, Roadkill uh, up here. The book is called uh, Rick Patino, My Story. We were just talking, uh, just talking about it. Now here you are. Uh, we're going to talk about you know the the scandal and, and your response to it and and how it, uh, the the effect it's had and is having on basketball. But as a lifelong coach, legendary coach, Rick. Is it hard, like, knowing the season's getting started and you're not going to be coaching? Is that something that's emotionally hard? It was last year. When, yeah. I, when I would wake up in Miami, I, you know, I had a routine for my whole life. I'd get up at 5.45 and exercise for 20 minutes just to get the blood flowing. Yeah. I'd stop at Starbucks. I'm in at 6.45. Then in the morning, I have a, a coach's meeting. Then I have three player developments in between class time from... Yeah. 8 to 8.45, 9 to 9.45, 10 to 10.45, lunch I would exercise, mm-hmm. then I'd have my video meeting, then staff meeting, then practice, then recruiting calls, and then head home and pass out. Yeah. And so now I'm waking up at 5.45, 6 o'clock, I'm in Miami, I have nothing to do for three <laughs> hours before I interact with anyone. <laughs> and that was really a difficult six months. Oh, yeah. I would watch games and, and get teary-eyed. I'd, uh, you know, it was very, very tough after 40 years not being involved in a game that you truly loved since you were a young man. So now I'm at the point looking for another passion. I'm, I'm starting a podcast on October 16th. I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm on a book tour and just in search of something constructive to do with, with sports, with the game, mm-hmm. uh, to stay involved, knowing that I'm not going to coach again. Was that harder for you than actually going through the scandal I- itself? Was that the hardest part of it? You know, the scandal, I really have, 
am I upset at the Southern District of New York? Without question, for mentioning my name. I have nothing to do with this scandal at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did have something to do with the Andre McGee scandal that went on because I was the head coach when that was going on. Mm-hmm. This scandal, I have nothing to do with it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, on October 1st, and, and by the way, I'm not sure it's a scandal. It may be, it may not be. On October 1st, four assistant coaches are going to trial. Some low-level uh, Adidas people are going to trial. Some scam artists are going to trial. What exactly, if that's all they have, it's not much of a scandal. If they do have uh, some programs that have given hundreds of thousands of dollars as being allegedly reported, maybe then it's a, it's a major scandal. Mm-hmm. But what's going on on October 1st is not much of a scandal. I don't know why the Southern District of New York mentioned my name in a complaint along with Jim Laranega. Um, well, I do know why. It was for publicity mm-hmm. for, their, for what they were doing on October 1st. Mm-hmm. But I can assure you I've never given any player, any money to come play for me. It's in the book. It's the truth. Uh, like I said, I've, I own up to my imperfections in the book, but uh, I've never given an illegal inducement to come play for me. It's just not what I'm about. Uh, Patino, my story is the book. Rick Patino on the phone. That's Kelly Brown. Uh, the image from a lot of people and fans, uh, Rick, is that you seem to be such a detailed guy. Rick Patino comes in and he runs his program. Many find it hard to believe that there weren't whispers or rumors that you didn't hear anything on, on payments to recruits that maybe you should have investigated yourself or um, whispers of, of escorts and strippers. Well, I, I probably, in reality, I've gone through this a hundred times. The, the NCAA is, has interviewed over a hundred people, and they've come away with that I didn't know anything. They did their investigation. They gave me a, a five-game slap on the wrist. If I knew what was going on with that, they would have banned me from college basketball for three years. So they did their due diligence. You know, I had an interesting phone call yesterday, uh, forgetting the fact that I've already proved that I knew nothing that was going on in that dormitory. This young man with, with this reprehensible behavior was sneaking people through a side door at 1 o'clock in the morning with a pass key. And yesterday I got a phone call from one of my ex-players checking on me, and I did not know this. The first time it happened yesterday, he said to me, you know, Coach, my, my room, my wall backed, backed up to Andre McGee where this was going on. And I said, I never knew that, Bullet. I called him, his nickname was Bullet. I said, I never knew that. He said, Coach, I, I never heard a single thing. Well, when you think about it, it happened four times a year, um, and he may have not been in his room. And so you can see how this would happen, but six of my players on the team never knew of anything, never heard anything. Twenty managers, my nephews, whose dad, that building was named after, who I lost in 9-11, uh, my best friend in life. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I'd be the last person that would probably know because the players would have been thrown off the team. The coach who was involved would have been fired. So it's really not that difficult to believe if you just think about it. Uh, I would be the last person. If the other assistants didn't know it, if the managers didn't know it, players on the team didn't know it, living in that dormitory, it's kind of unusual that the head coach would know it. uh, Because what we make today financially as head coaches, you you could be the biggest dirtbag in the world. And, and you would not do something as reprehensible as that. You, you know, I got I we were talking before you came on, Coach, about uh, you know, about money in college sports and the greed involved in in college sports because it is like you just said, it's such a money generator. Is there a way 
just so how do you curb that and how do you curb uh money's effect on on a game that at its at its heart should be a pure game well you know it started out and i say this in the book what Three of the people I most admired growing up, one was Vince Lombardi, the other was Joe Paterno, the third was John Wooden. And it was just tragic for me seeing Joe Paterno go out that way. Mm -hmm. And then with John Wooden, Seth Davis writes this great book about his life, and I knew Coach Wooden up close and personal, and he was a brilliant tactician, a disciplinarian, a person who believed in the pyramid of success. And then it goes on to about Sam Gilbert, the booster, yeah. who paid all the players, was their agent, and some say was a gangster. And Coach Wooden went to the athletic director and said, look, I, I've got a problem with Sam getting involved with, with my program. And the AD said, I'll handle Sam, you handle the players. Mm-hmm. You do the coaching. So this went on for all those championships, and he is one of the great coaches of all time. And you, you think about that. Back then, it was about boosters infiltrating and doing the wrong things during that era. Right. Today, it's more about shoe companies and agents. So it's, it's evolved from boosters, agents and runners, to now shoe companies. This is the first time in my 40-year career that I ever heard of a shoe company directly trying to give money to some scam artists yeah. to, to influence a player to go to school. So now it has fully evolved from boosters to agents and runners mm-hmm. to now shoe companies in this four of them out there. There's Nike, there's Under Armour, there's Adidas, and now Puma has entered the market, and they'll yeah. be the next player in this game. And I know that you, you can still go and work with teams, uh, like a coach can bring you in to sort of get pointers and stuff like that. You, I, you I spent the last couple of days with Syracuse, who I root for, mm-hmm. and I think you were with, who else did you go visit, Cincinnati? I was at Manhattan College, I've been to Cincinnati, I've been, I'm traveling around just watching practice, uh, giving motivational speeches to the teams. Yeah giving them some input where they can get better, where they can improve. So mm-hmm. trying to stay involved as much as I can in the game. I love teaching, and uh, I do know this book is, is closure to my career. And um, and certainly I'm going to root for all the assistant coaches out there that are head coaches today that worked under me. And my son's the coach of Minnesota, so I have I have a lot of different schools I can still root for and stay actively involved. That's cool. I'm, I'm having a hard time not calling you coach during this interview. Why, I know, I did why, too. Why, don't you, why are you ruling out the possibility of going back to coach? You know, I, I, I had a, a fascinating conversation with Jim Valvano many, many years ago, and the NCAA was investigating him, and he was going through hell with the If you ever get go through an NCAA investigation, it's pure hell. And he was going through it, and, and he said, you know, it, and his brother Bobby, I said this to him, and he said, yeah, it's definitely true. Jim felt that it broke down his immune system. And he he couldn't fight off the diseases he had because of the stress Rest. that he went through, mm-hmm. and he was he believed that. And so I asked Bobby about it, and he said, "Yep, without question, he did believe it." So I, I think to a stress level, you know, I've always believed that pressure is the greatest thing a coach can have. You guys, uh, you play golf and you play for two dollar Nassau, and there's not a lot of money involved, but you play hard for that two dollar Nassau. It's not mm-hmm. the money; mm-hmm. it's the winning. Mm-hmm. And that's pressure. And that pressure is what we all live for. We, we love pressure. Stress, you really want no part of that. And it was very stressful the last, two, the last few years, and, and I really want no part of it anymore. So I, let's say I take a job next year, and I put my eyes down at night, and I start wondering, is my assistant coach doing the right thing? Is, is, are my players up doing the wrong? I, I just don't know if I ever want to go through that again. Yeah. Uh, because it's been very, very stressful for me, my family, and 
I think it's time to put it to bed. There you go. Uh, the book is called Patino, My Story. Uh, uh, Rick, uh, great to talk to you. Thank you very much for taking some time to uh, talk to us on the show this morning. We appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. There you go. Interesting story. I mean, is it possible that stuff went on and he didn't know? I guess. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Well, no, there are. But yeah. Sometimes I, you whatever, insulate the big guy from doing stuff yeah. that he doesn't want you to know. Now, the level of which it happened, that's uh, certainly uh, fair, to, fair to question. All right, here we are. It's uh, 923 on the buzz. Larry Bird's not walking through that door. Kevin McHale's not walking through that door. Eh, classic. It's funny how I only thought he had like one year here. No. Yeah, no, I know. I just, yeah. but that's what I thought. I said it before the. Uh, before but you the know, interview. he took. He was arrogant. Oh, he's in. Uh, he, we, we know some people involved in sports that have had, you know, brushes with him, and it wasn't pretty. Oh yeah, no, I I totally yeah. get that, I, and I don't think even. And I have always been a Patino fan. I love the way his teams play basketball and uh, press, and I thought he was the answer when he came to the Celtics. Not only wasn't the answer, but he took Red Auerbach's name off. You know, yeah. Oh no, he, he, he was definitely a dick in a lot of ways. Yeah, he was a lot of lot of he was a dick in a lot of ways. But you know, anyway, interesting story. Nine twenty three Friday uh, Friday morning, and we have the uh, weekly punch in the face coming up. So start thinking about who you want to punch in the face. I have a pretty good idea who I'm going to give a beat down to today, uh, coming up later in the show. But also we got caller of the week, and I think. I think we just got slim pickings this week. I think it just might be an automatic <laughs> coronation. I'm not. Do we even do it if we just chose one? I don't think we've been actually. We got to play uh, it. Yep. Yeah. Okay.